Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Hope everyone is doing all right out there. And I can tell you right now, it is hot. Oh my God, it's hot. I say it all the time. I'm a winter baby. All right. My birthday's in December. I was born during a snowstorm. When the temperature gets past, say, 71, 72 degrees, it, it just becomes a problem for me. And on a day like today, when here in sunny Boston, Massachusetts, where we're knocking on the door of 90 degrees. Oh, my God. Whew. Need some help over here. Somebody, somebody get me a popsicle or something, please. Like Richie's. You ever had Richie's slush? Do you folks out there know about Richie's slush? It's originally from, from the Boston area, and it's just, it is the best slush around. I'm telling you, you got to go find it. Italian ice, whatever you want to call it. I call it a slush. It's delicious. That's right. That's right. You know, folks, on today's show, I have a special guest returning and somebody who not only is just a, a real special person because of, you know, his journey through life that he's documented on the show through the years, his walk with God. He's a person who has put his life on the line for the United States of America. And just overall, just a really, really good person. So I'm always excited when I get a chance to touch base with this guy and talk about wrestling and life and everything else in between. So let me not even belabor the point. Without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. The man who is known as second to none, my man, Mr. Dewan O'Neill. What's going on there, brother? What's going on, man? Hey, listen, that intro had me looking around for someone else. <laughs> had me hype. I'm believing to hype myself. I'm like, oh, man, who's this guy? I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> What's going on, dude? It's been too long. I know, it's, it's been way too long. And I know that uh, you had so many things going on in life that, you know, you had to take care of business out there. And, and I appreciate you for it. So, but definitely welcome back. You know, it's funny too. It's funny that you say that because I hear that all the time. Um, I don't think we are programmed to understand our impact on life and the true gravity of what we do and how important we are. So it is interesting when you hear somebody else, you know, whether they recite your, your bio or whether they just talk about their impression of who you are, it can be like, oh, man, who are they talking about somebody else? Who are they talking about? Like, oh, you're talking about me? So I, I get it. I get it 100%, bro. I mean, it's crazy because I, I don't think – I think that's by – I think that's by design. 
of, of God, like that you're not, you don't, you're not cognizant of your contributions or everything that you do. You kind of just live your life. And if you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're on task, be that, you know, of your own, someone else's or anything like that, you're kind of just focused on getting what you got to get done. Um, and, and it's like, I don't have time to check the scoreboard cause I'm too busy playing the game type deal. For sure. For sure. And, and when we talk about playing the game, I mean, you are an independent pro wrestler. You are somebody who has, you know, been knocking heads, putting in the work, you know, doing the thing out there. And, and for a guy who is as jacked up as you are, you got that speed and power. I mean, just, it's amazing. Um, when you look at the current landscape in pro wrestling today, did you ever imagine that you would see what we have right now where the majority of, of wrestling events that are happening, they don't have crowds. There are safety protocols and limits to how many people you can have in a venue. You know, if, if you, if you worked on a, a wrestling card that didn't sell well, you may not have had that many fans, but now this is going to be the norm, whether, no matter how well it sells, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to do some social distancing. So just your, your impression as a, as an independent pro wrestler, what do you think of all of what's going on in this COVID-19 world here in 2020? Well, I think the only people uh, that are really truly affected by this are people who didn't spend time on the indies. I think any indie wrestler could tell you we there have been crowds of two people or of ten people, but you still have to put the show on like you're at, at the Garden. Uh, that's Boston, not MSG. Um, <laughs> but uh, you have to I, – I think that uh, coming into the business, you, you don't – ever picture it being this way you always kind of picture yourself main eventing wrestlemania or working towards that or you know feeding off the energy of the crowd you know making a connection with the fans and things of that nature but covid covid has has taught us what's what's necessary i think um i think covid has allowed or not allowed but forced people to to strip down all of the 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 pomp and circumstance and the dog and pony shows and, and focus on what's absolutely necessary. And it's crazy because uh, wrestling still remains an outlet for so many people, even with empty arenas. And then, you know, someone figured out, Hey, what if we put trainees here? What if we put other wrestlers there to make the noise? And then it's kind of fun from a wrestler standpoint, because you get to, you get to be a fan again. I don't have to worry about working this match. I can just enjoy the ups and downs. And I don't want to hear you talking about it back there. I'm just going to go out there and enjoy it. So I feel like the industry in itself um, may take a, a, a huge dip in bottom lines, but I think that the fundamentals of pro wrestling in terms of making a connection with people, it's forced we wrestlers to step our games up because there's no crowd to like feed off of. So as I'm watching it through a screen, I don't know, what I'm quote unquote supposed to be feeling, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And you're absolutely right. It's like you said, the folks who, who did not have to go through the Indies, they may not be used to this. They they're so dependent on these large crowds at these arenas and what have you, that they're still trying to play to a large crowd as opposed to focusing on the, the camera. You know, the crowd is through that little screen there as opposed to in the building. And it looks kind of silly at times. I got to be honest with you. As somebody who watches it on TV, it looks silly to see people waving at the crowd that doesn't exist. 
So that's that's something crazy. Um, you know, Dewan, you're somebody who you've worked all over the country. You have paid your dues in, in indie wrestling and you've met a lot of folks, a lot of big names, a lot of smaller names. You've, you know, the, the consensus is that you're a good guy. That's the main idea. Um, what do you think of this, this Me Too stuff and, and everything that has gone on with speaking out? You're, you're noticing folks are talking about some of the negative aspects that have gone on within the pro wrestling industry for years sexual harassment and bullying and all these things all rolled up into one from a general standpoint what's your take on this this appetite to put it all on the table and openly discuss it uh my initial reaction bravo bravo is this is is needed to be done for like a long time um i feel like it, it comes with, it, it's like a slippery slope or a double-edged sword, right? Um, so you you put it all out there, and I think that everyone has the right to be heard. I, I believe that 100%. Everyone has the right to be heard. And everyone should be able to raise a flag and at least have their their claims like investigated or sub- substantiated, validated, whatever you want to call it. Um, and But no one should have to go anywhere especially if, if I can trust my life to you inside of a ring, then I should be able to trust you to not, you know, grope me inside of a locker room. If I can trust you to drop me on my head safely, I, I shouldn't have to worry about, you know, having a couple beers after a show with you and you trying to take me home or you trading favors for spots or, you know, me getting preferential treatment because I have, you know, uh, you know, a, a nice, you know, nice assets. And, and so I, I, I like it from this standpoint. Um, but I, I kind of feel like this, this can, this can be dangerous. Um, not, and, and don't get me wrong. I am not victim shaming or anything like that. I stand with those people. I have close friends who've been affected by it. Um, who, who have been victims. Um, I just feel like it's, it's a slippery slope um to go down so we should victims if you're if you're a victim speak out 100 percent. but i i feel like that we as a whole should should tread lightly um like down this path and everything deserves a, a proper and thorough investigation to be fair to everyone if that makes any sense no it makes sense and especially coming from you i mean you are a veteran and you're somebody who you know you you clearly have sworn your allegiance to upholding the constitution. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty and, and, and all that great stuff there. So I understand what you're saying there. And, and yes, I mean, we've had conversations. You, you are close friends with a lot of the, you know, victims. I, I prefer to use the word survivors uh, who have put Fair. things out there. And so I know that, you know, who's who and what's what and what have you. And you've actually have spoken out through the years about negative things that you've seen and and stuff that you won't tolerate and what have you. So, you know, we we get that. Yeah. yeah, You have to have a code. Um, and you know, principles like should guide you and they, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't waver. Now that doesn't mean go into like every locker room and be like a stubborn, you know, jackass but at the same time like your your principles shouldn't be be compromised and i think that 
we're we're coming to a point where wrestling is finally living up to the image that it wants to portray in front of the curtain, behind the curtain. Um, you, we we go out in front of the curtain and we present this larger than life. Uh, my life is perfect um, image to, to people. And we play these characters that are, that are larger than life and that are strong and that are empowering or, and, and things of that nature. But, uh, behind the curtain, it's, it, it's, it's been toxic. And I, and I don't think this is a secret. I don't think that I'm revealing anything new to anybody. Um, it's been toxic. And, and now there's this huge movement to clean up pro wrestling, um, be it, uh, Andy's, you know, the, the televised feds um, and things of that nature. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's honestly about time. And it's about time that people are held accountable to their words and for their actions. It doesn't matter what or how talented you are. You know, Dewan, um we have seen over the past couple of weeks some great wrestling going on on television. Between WWE NXT and, and also AEW, I mean, you have Fighter Fest, you have the Great American Bash. Um, but I want to challenge you on on something and, and challenge your thinking on something. <laughs> okay, you know, you know, I got to go there. Uh, yeah, I'm that go. guy. <laughs> In my opinion, I see a tale of of uh, two concepts. On one hand, I see the WWE which as a, as a larger corporation, a larger company that's been around storied history, they have a history of systemic racism, some overt, some not so overt. But when you take a look at who their top promoted champions and, and competitors are, rarely are they black individuals in particular through the years. Now, a lot of that has changed most recently and you can look no further than NXT to see a, a glaring change uh, of that concept. So in that sense, diversity seems to be something that they're putting front of mind finally. And it's in stark contrast to what their history has been. On the other side, I see AEW, a company that's still pretty young. is only a couple years old. They have promoted the fact that they are going to be an alternative to the status quo and that they diversity is something that they will be very serious about in practice. And it's something that you will see They'll be very serious about women's wrestling and all these other things and present themselves as a sports like uh, atmosphere, as opposed to something that will insult your intelligence, but an execution. And, and we can look no further than fighter fest to, to see it. There's very little diversity. There's very little of any of the things that they have marketed themselves to be. Am I wrong here? Am I missing something? Or unfortunately, is that is the proof in the pudding here on both fronts? Uh, for well, I mean, for the for the the WWE, uh, I'll, I'll start there. Um, first off, congratulations to Keith Lee. Um, that was that was huge what he pulled off uh, yesterday, last night, rather. Um, he, he became the first double champion, double singles champion in NXT history. Um, and him obviously being a person of color or a black man is that's, that's huge that, um, the WWE has come that far from, uh, from no or hardly any, I'll say, um, people of color representing the brand to Keith Lee being the 
undisputed guy. Um, so congratulations for him uh, to him for that. Um, and you're, you're, you're right. I, but Duke, you are, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to ride with AEW. I, you and I have been at this since its inception. I'm, I'm going to ride with AEW. I'm going to, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a closed minded individual nor my uh, naive or ignorant. Right. So I, I, I see your point and, and currently, currently you are, you are correct. But I, I, I still believe that the AEW is, is, is going to do what they said they're going to do. I'm, I'm going to hold out hope because, because, or as evidence, I'd like to offer um, Sonny Kiss started to take a more prominent role or uh, the private party um, in, in contention for the tag titles, which I believe they're, they're inevitably going to get. Um, they, they were touted highly when they were signed. They're very talented individuals, and they, they both can go um, singles. Um, Sonny Kiss, again, coming up with, a, like, you know, with the Joey Janela storyline. Um, and, and, and I believe, like, their, their women's division, I mean, like Nyla Rose, you know, they they sign her. They I, I just think I just think they need more time. I think um, the WWE has been has been around since geez at least all of my life they've been around. So they've had thirty plus years at least to figure everything out and how to go and how to make money. And they've they've been through waves and scandal and uh, epidemics, not necessarily pandemics, but like you know they they've they've dealt with some stuff. Um, and through all of that experience, I think they, 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 they know they put their stuff together. They put their heads together collectively where, whereas AEW, you have, you have a, a football guy and a bunch of wrestlers trying to figure it all out, which I, I applaud them and commend them on because it's, it's courageous and it, it does offer an alternative at least to watch, but I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them, you know, a little more time, dude, a little more time. You know, second to none, Dewan O'Neill, how much time do I need to give you to do the thing that you said you were going to do? I mean, because here's, here's my biggest point of contention. The marketing was, we are going to be the alternative. We're going to be diverse. We're going to take women's wrestling seriously. That was the marketing. Before, before they officially had a match, they let the entire market know, this is what you can expect from us. To date, it's really not happening. And I'm going to zero in on something in particular. Black male singles wrestlers. There's not a single black male singles wrestler in AEW who is actively being featured in any kind of prominent storyline who's actively being featured as a threat to the AEW championship. There's not a single black male singles wrestler in AEW who has gotten as much television time as much marketing from AEW through their various social media uh, networks, there isn't a single black male singles wrestler who has been featured like their white peers, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, and, and you know Darby Allen. These aren't big names. These are guys that no one really knew about, and I'm not talking about the niche. Uh, wrestling fan, but nobody, you know, the, the average wrestling fan did not know who these guys were before AEW started. So they've been built 
Luchasaurus. They've been built by this company. Yet, black male singles wrestlers aren't built at all. So how much time are we supposed to give before we can hold them accountable and say, hey, what's up? You're still not doing this thing that you said you were going to be doing. What's up? You don't, uh, I, you don't think that Scorpio Sky is being moved in position to do that? Scorpio Sky, at this very exact moment, has had less television singles matches than his partner in SCU, Christopher Daniels. And he's not in an active storyline or feud with any one in particular individual that's featured on Dynamite on a weekly or even bi-weekly basis. Yeah, but they just moved they just moved him into like the quote unquote singles division. Right? But, I mean, and this is But this isn't is that speaking, my point? <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is what I'm, but yeah, that's my point. They they're moving towards it, right? They hey, Scorpio Sky is gonna focus on the singles and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian are going to do the tag thing, right? And this this was announced, you know, like you know, put over the, the via commentary about two two maybe two or three weeks ago, maybe. And ever since that happened, Scorpio Sky has been undefeated. He's had like he's had you know sustainable non squash matches. Um, Given given him like the TV time, he's got like the the individual music. Like he's, I mean, I feel like he, he's on the way. But other than that, like, who do you who do you have? Who do you who do you have on the roster? Which I mean, that speaks to your point. I get it, but like I, I, I'm just saying, I just think, and, and not to mention, like, yes, I'm gonna play this card, COVID. <laughs> but. The, the coronavirus, I mean, it, it slowed, like, a lot of things down, man. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of the, the filler, um, so to speak, is being broadcast via being the elite and AEW dark. But you, you have 18 months in counting. You need more than 18 months to actually deliver on this, quote, unquote, diversity that you touted before your first event. So again, how much time do I need to give you before you actually do? Because here's the thing. They're in complete control over how many black male singles wrestlers that they feature, that they give as much TV time as, the, as their white peers and what have you. They're in complete control over how many women's matches they feature on television on a weekly basis, which for some reason they, they can't seem to feature more than one on a consistent basis on, on Dynamite. I mean, again, it's it's a very bizarre thing to see when this is the number one hook that you used in order to generate mass media interest. Because this is the other thing. They've gotten a lot of press about being this diverse company and all this other stuff, yet there's no equity within their diversity. Yeah, you know, to, to, I'll say yet. I'm, I'm, dude, I'll give, them, I'll give them like another six months before I write the book or close the book on them. But I, I feel like, I mean, you know this, there, there's a difference between uh, idea, conjecture, and, and, and practicality. Um, you, you start to brainstorm, you're like, hey, this is going to be this mass phenomenal thing. And then you realize, hey, wait a minute, this is going to be harder than I thought it was going to be. And at, not to mention, I mean, in, in 18 months, they've gone from, you know, two uh, single shot events to like nationally televised weekly. 
and even more so on YouTube. So like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them, you know, about six more months, eight more months, and then we'll 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 see. We can revisit this then. Second to none, Duane O'Neill, you are the eternal optimist. So I appreciate you. You're always looking on the bright side of things. The the glass is definitely half full. It's never half empty for you. So I I, I appreciate uh, your line of thinking on this. Uh, let's let's take it back to last night, night two of both Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, and the tale of two main events. So at Fighter Fest, you had Chris Jericho taking on Orange Cassidy, which was more of a, a personal conflict type of match. There was no championship or anything up for grabs per se. It was just two people that have an issue with each other. A feud that's well, been built, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, but wasn't that the, the original main event for that was supposed to be Moxley and uh, Brian Cage, I think, right? And then uh, something happened with Moxley where he had to pull out until like next week? Yes, Moxley, uh, he is under a quarantine because of COVID-19 concerns. His wife uh, has contracted COVID-19, Renee Young, and, and my best to the whole family there. hope everyone's doing well. But yes, so in place of the main event, right, your number one match for the entire special event fighter fest is a match between two individuals with nothing at stake other than a personal conflict okay so on the on the other channel you have keith lee the the guy who is already the united states champion and, and he's taking on the nxt world champion right Adam, yeah, no, he's, he's north american champion right? north american champion excuse me and, and, yeah. he, and he's taking on the nxt uh heavyweight champion Right. Yep. Yep. Adam Cole, Bebe, a person of color in the main event for a championship for, during a special event. And the week before that, you had Sasha Banks taking on Ido Shirai, two women of color in the main event. So it just it, it again, it goes to question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got nothing for that. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Equity. All I'm asking for within this quote-unquote diversity is equity. And when you can't even put people of color for your top titles and in your main event and give them storylines so where they're developed and built and there's a story being told, this person is a threat to the main prize in the company. What am I supposed to think other than you're not delivering on what you're marketing. I mean, yeah, I mean, to the, but you're, you're smarter than the average bear though, Duke. So like, I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like it's, it's too, they're, they're still too early in the game to, to be this harsh. I, I think, uh, I think, I mean, there's no denying facts are facts. Right. And, and, for the record, Adam Cole and Keith Lee put on one hell of a main event. Um, but the the Jericho and Orange Cassidy match was not bad either. And it, it's kind of one of those things where, like, like what do you do? And it's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't because if if you're down in in you know Jacksonville, Florida, and like, who who would you put? And and the, who would you have put on the current AEW roster? Who would you? What would you have made that main event? The tag team match that was on the same card for the tag team championships. 
<laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this is not rocket science here. And again, you, first of all, you're not billionaire Tony. Okay. And you're not Cody. You can't <laughs> call himself Cody Rose because he doesn't own the intellectual property. WWE does. You're neither one of those folks. You're, you don't, you don't work for AEW, which is a, a shame and a crime because here you are a black male singles wrestler who is just incredible and someone that is, is highly touted on the indie scene. I don't understand how a guy like you is not featured on, on uh, you should be beating up Cody Rhodes right now for, for the TNT uh, championship. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you should, you should literally be, you know, making them bleed, sweat and pay the price of a wrestling lifetime. Book but, it. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Book it, Cody. You said, Oh, you like open challenges. Let's build this. But Again, it's not rocket science to to get closer to where we need to be on these issues. I mean, NXT somehow, some way, they, they featured multiple women's matches more often than not on a weekly basis. AEW Dynamite, you get one women's match if you even get one, and that's it. That's, that's the end of it. You know, we give you one. And we can't say they don't have enough women on a roster to develop and to deliver multiple women's matches on a weekly basis. Of course they do, because you'll see it on dark. So that tells me they're in the same arena. They're in the same locker room. They got their boots. They're ready to take bumps. So what's the real issue here? But it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems it appears that the dark is the, like the, what, what main event or Sunday night he used to be to, to dynamite, right? Which is like the main show, right? Yeah, it is. It is the lesser thing. Yes. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, uh, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. That's what yeah, it is. Okay. It's what right. it is. <laughs> All right. right. You got. Yeah, you got me. Your number uh, one show. You got two hours. I mean, Jesus, the, when you look at NWA power, they could even put on multiple women's matches more often than not. And that was a, a 45 minute show. Oh, you know what? Touche, Duke. Um, I will wave the white towel right here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I got, I got nothing. Impact Wrestling, which I watch every week, multiple women's matches every week, more often than not. I'm not going to say every single week because I know some some Hammondegger is going to be in my inbox. Old oh, Duke, what about you know, 15 weeks ago? No, okay. <laughs> Most weeks there are multiple women's matches, and Impact. I mean, Jesus, their world champion was a woman, so they've already shown their dedication to that. And they have people of color and prominent uh, feuds and challenging for the championship. And I mean, you look at a guy like Moose where here's a guy that at any point he's ready to be plugged in, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's an interesting, I don't understand why this self-inflicted avoidance of, of equitable diversity continues to go on in that company. And I call them out all the time. And to your credit, Dewan O'Neill, you you've spoken to me about it and told me to cut it out and stop picking on them because <laughs> at times maybe I'm not being balanced in my criticism. Um, and I accept that from you. I mean, you tell me the truth all the time, so I get it if I'm going too far. Um, but there there is something there. There's some smoke there. I don't know. Maybe there may not be fire. I haven't been inside the building yet, but there's definitely some smoke there. I, you know, I you know I I agree with you. I, I like. Like, like, let's not let's be clear here. I'm I'm a huge advocate, obviously, of like diversity, and that means more opportunities for people that look like me, right? So, but I, I don't know, man. I just I'm I'm not sure what 
it's, it's hard for me to speak on or criticize without knowing what the actual plan is kind of deal and, and be that military training call it me being calculated like I, i'm not sure what the reason is behind my method of thinking behind that but i don't know what the master plan is so it's hard for me to say hey there's it's not happening right now because it could be on the way and no one knows so 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 let me ask you this are you available if, if you got a call today that says hey listen we need you next week uh, we want you to be in a feud with with Cody Rhodes. We want you to be in a feud with the AEW champion John Moxley. Once he's all clear, of course. Um, second to none. You are a black male singles wrestler. You are well trained. You are a, a military veteran. You are a family man. You are you. You're a person who doesn't have any issues in the locker rooms or what have you. Literally everything that we need in a pro wrestler. Would you make yourself available to be in a spot like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, listen, if they told me they needed me next week, I was on the plane yesterday. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That, listen, I, and Cody Rose, I know you're listening because that's what you do. You're waiting for to hear the next negative thing that Duke Loves Wrestling is going to say about you. Um, and, and let me say something about Cody Rose and, and also about his wife, Brandy, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, by the way. Um, I think Cody knows the right thing to do. And I think in his heart of hearts, he wants to do the right thing. I think that there are so many cooks in the kitchen, especially old school cooks in the kitchen, who continuously give him reasons not to do what he knows is the right thing to do. And they use their experience as justification. So in the end, you get a product that is very much status quo as opposed to what you see on the other side in NXT, which is just, quite frankly, it's a major promotion catching up to the indies. And for people who aren't educated enough to know that on the indies, you know, diversity and, and, and what have you has been happening. I mean, you've been on plenty of cards where that's the, that's the rule. It's not the exception. Um, but it's, it looks evolutionary when you see the majority of the champions in that promotion are, are people of color and the majority of the matches, every match last night had a person of color in it. Yeah. Every and I, match. I they, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think uh, I saw something today. They said like the WWE had eight champions of color. Yes. And that's out of, off the top of my head, there's less than 20 champions in the whole company. So, I mean, that's almost half their champions. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. And the WWE, listen, I will, I will forever call them out for their history of systemic racism, their history of sexism. I will call them out to the cows come home on that. But if you're the new kid on the block, I don't feel I need to give you time because you've gotten something that the WWE never had. You had an opportunity to see what not to do. You had an opportunity to figure out all the, the, the ills and the wrongs. So why are you participating in status quo as opposed to the changes that you claimed you were going to deliver from day one? That's it. That's it. Dewan, switching speeds for a second here because something that's more important than anything that we've talked about thus far. Congratulations. You, you and, and you know, your, your lovely lady there, you, you're officially parents and, you know, you have a new child 
first of all, yeah. how, how's how's fatherhood treating you? Uh, busy, <laughs> busy. Uh, th- <laughs> thanks for the congratulations. Um, yeah, it's 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 busy, man. Uh, when when he's awake, you're you're trying to play with him and get him to smile, changing diapers, changing clothes, wiping drool. Um, when he's when he's asleep, you're trying to creep around, clean the house, not wake him up, still making bottles, still cleaning clothes. Uh, it, it's busy. It's busy, but well worth it. How has being a father affected how you view being a businessman and being a pro wrestler and, and your approach to the, to the industry in general? Um, I mean, circling back to like what we were talking about, you know, prior to um, coming on air, maybe a couple of days ago or maybe earlier today, something. Anyways, it was, it, it makes me appreciate this speaking out uh, movement that that's happening and this cleansing that's happening. Um, because I think that once, once you have a child and you want, you want the child to grow up with no harm and you kind of want to put them in this bubble and shelter them from like everything that is ever bad ever. And especially something that you're a part of or something that you can control the exposure to, like you can't control what they learn in school. You can't control, um, what they watch on well, you can't to a degree what they watch on TV or what they learn via like social media, YouTube or whatever, but you can influence the environment that's around you. So a, it makes me appreciate that. Um, in terms of my approach, it makes me go 10 times harder. Um, when once like COVID clears and things of that nature, you're going to see me 120 times turned up from what I was like, the fire that I have in me to succeed and be on a world stage and to make money and to leave a legacy um, for, for this kid, man, is going to make my previous approach look lackadaisical for, for lack of a better like phrase to use. But it's, 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 it lights a fire under you like no other, because you know, when, when he's of age to, to watch wrestling, like I probably won't, be able to physically do what I'm able to do now. Like I may still be around the game. Maybe I won't be, but you want to put on tape now and record now and make him proud now. So when he's 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, you can, he can walk down the street and be like, Hey, your dad was the man. So speaking of that now, because you have this, this newfound gear that you you've, kicked into and that you know the baby has driven you to let everybody know all the all the bookers the fans anybody you know cody rhodes and and, and tony khan vince mcmahon and triple h let everybody know how, how can you how can second to none be contacted get booked be somebody to be brought in and really bring the pain to the wrestling world once again listen i'm my email address Dewan.oneal, the number one at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Dewan O'Neill. I am on Instagram, Dewan O'Neill One, on Twitter, Dewan O'Neill Two Two N, um, and and YouTube. Um, becoming second to none, which my last couple episodes, Cody, have been me campaigning for a tryout from AEW. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's that's all of my like social media. Uh, it's all my name, Dewan O'Neill, something. And 
you know, if all else fails, just Google. I think I, I, I've made it to the point where I'm on the first five pages if you Google my name. So, uh, I mean, I'm on the first page and I own the first five pages if you, if you Google my name. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm making waves now, but that's, that's nothing compared to what you're about to see. Um, even, even if COVID does not open back up or, you know, fully open everything back up, you're, you're about to see more of me. The market's about to be flooded with, with second to none. Spell that out for everybody, please. Uh, your, your full name there. That is D E J U A N O N E A L. He is second to none. Dewan O'Neill. Listen, before I let you go, brother. The ultimate last man standing match. Second to none, Dewan O'Neill versus Baby O'Neill. What's the finish? Um the 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 finish is baby cries. Baby cries until I get tired and then he jumps on me and applies a sleeper hole. Tick. The, the party's over. I want to thank uh, second to none, Dewan O'Neill. Just fantastic conversation. We covered it all right there. It's pretty fun, you know. And folks, I'm not opposed to anyone coming on the show and disagreeing with me and sharing a different perspective. You know, since the beginning, that's what we've always been about. But understand that my messaging is the same. Somebody said that to me the other day. Is oh, Duke, you know you you. This, you've been saying this all along. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty consistent, right? So what does that tell you? It's not a gimmick. It's not, you know, it's not something that I'm doing just to get attention. It, it, it legitimately, we can't live today claiming that we care about Black Lives Matter and diversity and all this other stuff. And then we allow companies to claim diversity and yet there's no equity to back up their claims. And that's my big issue with anybody, right? I call WWE out anytime we have a three-hour show like Raw or a two-hour show like SmackDown, and they have one or less women's matches. That is unacceptable. I call that out every time. But I also call it out when they're showing women in prominent roles and there are multiple women's matches and, and main events and things of that nature, same, same thing with people of color, same thing, right? So AEW is not being treated any differently than Impact or, or NWA, WOW Superheroes, WWE, Ignite Wrestling, <laughs> Go Wrestle. You know, we can name all the promotions that I cover on this show. They're not being treated any differently. Middle Kingdom Wrestling in China. Can you imagine Middle Kingdom Wrestling in China is more diverse than AEW? They have Asian, they have black, they have uh, uh, white, people from Britain, and, and all kinds of different things going on over there. And if you look at their, their list of champions through the years and you see diversity in that, it's amazing. And I'm talking about the top championship. So... AEW, you're going to get it right, and I know you will do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and it's not about me, and it's not about you. It's about the right thing to do. And 
the more you don't, the more you get called out. And the more you do, the more you get praised. That's how it works. I don't want anything from AEW or WWE or any of these other promotions. I just want the right thing. And I told Cody Rhodes and I told Tony Khan, they're welcome to come on the show and talk about it. I challenged them. I don't think they will because I don't think they have a, a good enough response to why black male singles wrestlers are not featured on television and on their social media with the same vigor as their white peers. I don't think they have a good enough response to one women's match per week on Dynamite more weeks than not. I don't think they have a good response to that. I think at the end of the day, they don't want to talk about that right now. But they have to. And the way that they can talk about it right now is fix the problem. It was incredible to see Keith Lee at the end of the Great American Bash with the American flag in the background and the streamers holding up the NXT World Championship and the North American Championship and everybody cheering him. You look at all the folks in the NXT crowd who, you know, they're, they're the performance center wrestlers and what have you, but you just see so much diversity in that. It's just, it was incredible to see. We need more of that and less Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy for no championship, for nothing other than whatever personal conflict they have as a main event for your, what should be a pay-per-view. That's the best that you could do when you had other matches that you could have put in that spot. Come on. That's that's self-inflicted. Quite frankly, it's unacceptable. So it is what it is. Listen, folks, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Until next week, take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 